Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Europe-bound Heart of Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos sealed third spot in the Scottish Premiership thanks to a 3-1 bounce-back victory over Hibernian at Tynecastle. And joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss Hearts consigning their noisy neighbours to a bottom six spot is Daniel McIver. How are we, McIver? I'm doing very, very well. Listen, I said since Christmas, Boxing Day, Ross County third was done. And you kept saying, no, it isn't, no, it isn't. Well, it is now. So, yes, doing very good. Just a quick thing to say, uh, right at the start of this, if you followed us on Twitter or Instagram, we were planning on having David Templeton on this episode, which is amazing and huge. However, unfortunately, due to circumstances out of all three of ours control, both ourselves and David, um, we're unable to record during the planned time. However, don't worry, we're still going to be recording with David at some point in the future, whether it be next week or in the following week. So don't worry, it will be coming. It just won't be coming as soon as we wanted it to. But yeah, thank you all for the questions that you sent in and everything like that. They will all be used whenever we get David. And Adam, I am assuming you're very much looking forward to that. Oh, without a doubt, mate. Yeah, I, I chose him in that heart six eye of mine as, as an absolute given. One of my favourite players growing up. I'm going to say this now and not blow smoke up his arse when he's on. <laughs> uh, but Temps, we're very much determined to get you on. So it'll be great to have you. But yes, of course, before we get into chatting about Hearts victory over Hibs. Uh, we're going to go around the grounds because this was the final round of fixtures in the Scottish Premiership prior to the table being split in two. Um, one of the most noteworthy games within the other five um, was at Pitaudry, where Aberdeen lost to Ross County, um, courtesy of an 86th minute penalty, yeah. um, and the Staggies securing their first top six position since 2015 16. Um, remarkable given the run that they're on and it's hilarious to see Aberdeen back down there um, Celtic, it was you know a really close match for them against St Johnston, sweeping them aside 7-0 at Parkhead, nobody cares about that, uh, there was another four goal thriller uh, another derby I should say uh, with Dundee United and Dundee playing out a two each draw at Tannadice some great goals in that one um, and it, there was another two each draw and again, another noteworthy clash with regards to the top six as Livingston spurned the opportunity despite taking a two-goal lead over Motherwell and a 93rd-minute goal courtesy of former Livingston defender Ricky Lamy it secured the Steel Men's top six spot. Um, so that was the Saturday games, which were fantastic. And then Rangers beat St Mirren in Paisley 4-0 on Sunday in the televised game that Sky chose. Um, so what did you make of the other quintet of cinch premiership fixtures mate uh, who cares about the old firm results 7-0 is obviously like a big result regardless of the team but who cares like, embarrassing I, I don't care um, the other games though were all really exciting and interesting because I've said for like four months now that the Ross County are the fourth best team in this league Can't and they disagree. just delighted they to just see them continue. seal it they just continue I mean I hope they now get sixth I hope they don't get top four well they've never qualified for Europe in their history no because I heard them say on Sports Sound I know they're the tiniest place ever it's mental that they even got top six like it's crazy (laughs) obviously there was some dubiety about the penalty oh 
Oh, what did you mean for the previous penalty that should have Well, that was what I was saying. Yeah. Like, they should have had a previous penalty. It's Greg Aitken. He was the ref when we played Talbot oh, and got about 19 oh, decisions no wrong. And it was ridiculous. But yeah, it's objectively funny to just see Aberdeen implode. They've also just released right, Jet in the days following as There's well. There's the Andy Considine case yeah, as well. Fantastic. It's, just, it's all kicking off. Derek there. McInnes must be pissing his pants looking yeah, at all of that. It basically must be a sensational feeling. Uh, the Dundee derby was interesting. Charlie Adam, a week after criticising Lewis Ferguson for like going down too easy, just seemed to spend his life on the ground in that game. Um, I don't know what the Dundee keeper's doing at the first one where it comes out like he, he's celebrating with his defenders before it's that. I don't the, know the what he's doing. The goalkeeping for three of the four goals arguably yeah. all four is suspect it's crazy I but... don't want to say that there was betting syndicates or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all I'm saying is there might be some dodgy goings on in some bank accounts um, Dundee they won't care generally though because they were they no, were the but... safest of the glob teams like they two up much at home knew. to Dundee and you don't see it the three points like if that comes back to bite them in yeah the of flip, course they'll be yeah. livid They'll be furious, but the the general consensus I've seen from United fans is, ah, well, the seasons went really well anyway. Bit annoying, but they're We're back going to get in the top relegated. six. Don't care. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that point will uh, galvanise Dundee and Mark no. McGee will lead them to safety? No, they will not. They are down. I don't care what anybody says. They are down. And then Livingston Motherwell was yeah, they're like premium 18, cinch. This eighteen minutes away from top six, and they throw it away. Can I just say my favourite part of the whole situation is, as you said, Ricky Lamy scores right at the death. It's the last kick of the ball, basically. Liam Kelly has went up for the corner, but he doesn't go into the box. He like stays on the co- he stays on the edge, as if they were going to like ping it out to him and he was going to volley it. Like you're a goalie going up, why aren't you going into the box? Look into the box, yeah. I found that was a weird one. And then he sort of dropped his knees and celebrations great to He's the Livy fans. Livy yeah. basically made his career yeah. the height of disrespect. And I noticed now. Fan. Ricky Lamy signed that pre-contract with Dundee and now all of a sudden he's considering a U-turn on it. It's as though yeah. like that goal has just totally changed things. And um, like again, Motherwell have won one game since Boxing Day and they're in the top six. And what with, a league. And with a realistic chance in Europe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is where the split shite though. I, I said this on TSA. I hate like, the split. Like Livy must be spewing. Well that, that decision against St Johnston. That could have, that could have been it. That literally could have been. Even Obviously, then. they might miss the penalty, but still. And they were talking well, talking about like Livingston and penalties. David Martindale was not adamant that they should add a, a spot. But there was on Nicky even, Devlin there again. There was a debate about it. I think I, I'm not I'm not convinced that's a penalty for me. I actually thought Michael Smith. Uh, Michael Smith. I thought Michael Stewart on Sports Scene was spot on in his assessment, and it's very rare that I give that man any compliments. So so there you are. <laughs> But yeah, top six of the old firm and us, which was kind of you knew that by November. If we could have chose a top six, it, roughly, I reckon we'd be we'd be we just. It's funny seeing Aberdeen and Hibs yeah. both down there. I'd rather Ross County weren't oh. in it, but it's like who and also it's that's just the other thing. Like our season league wise is done. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. It's like, who cares now? I yeah. just care about this weekend. Like, yeah. if we win this weekend, we could lose every game 10-0 for the rest of the season and I'll be loving life. I won't care. 
because even the final when we make it, it's a free hit it's just yeah exactly it's, it's, all, it's all on Saturday beat. now it's all on Saturday but ahead of that massive match at Hampden Park on Saturday Hearts and Hibs would meet in the Scottish Premiership um, the two previous league matches have thrown up no goals in near enough three hours of action so that was great um, and yeah taking on Hibs like I say with the incentive of securing third place leaving them in the bottom six and that little morale boost to keep the unbeaten run going ahead of meeting at the National Stadium um, it was just the one change from the side that drew up in Dingwall uh, as Nathaniel Atkinson came in for Aaron McInef I saw your tweet today with regards to the Nathaniel Atkinson song I'm in the exact same boat it's, it's, it's so, so good it's so it's good amazing. so annoyingly catchy which is exactly what you want and I, I literally have had that song on repeat virtually yeah, all afternoon. it's class. It's the best thing in the world. I'd never heard the song before. And when Neither. I first heard the chant, I was like, what song is that? And then I saw Corbett sharing it. And then I saw Laurie say to Scott Wilson, make sure you've got this on for yeah. Saturday. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, that meant that Hearts lined up as follows. It looked to be in a 3-5-2. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. I, again, you know, you know me. The names came out. <laughs> was not giving a toss just wait till three o'clock see how they all line up and we'll take it from there um but craig gordon of course in goal back three of toby civic craig halkett and stephen kingsley nathaniel atkinson obviously incoming at right wing back he had alex cochran at left wing back with andy halliday and peter harring in the middle of the park and barry mckay supporting ellis sims and liam boyce in attack what did you make of that mate i panicked when i realized we'd change shape because i was yeah. thinking we're like seven unbeaten or something in this current shape. And I know I know why he did it. He did it to match up man for man with them. And I think his logic was, on paper, we have a better squad, which is apparently a controversial statement, but it's the truth. Um, <laughs> what and, you that there? Yes, exactly. I don't know. Uh, you might have some more experience of that. No, but no, I had a peep, mate. Robbie's logic clearly was, listen, we're better in every department, so if we line up man for man, we should be able to dominate the early goings. What actually happened was, a bunch of players who were used to one system had to suddenly go back to another system and were caught out massively. And we were caught out massively after just five minutes um, getting off to the worst possible start. Hibbs hit us on a counter from our corner, which is the most annoying thing. Barry Mackay swinging it in. And Matt Macy bowling out to Josh Doig. Dre Wright's then on the edge of our area, looking to cut back onto his favourite right foot. Does so. Sends a goal-bound effort that's maybe looking for Chris Muller. It takes a couple deflections. I thought that the American had got a touch. But before you know it, it's in the back of the net. No one inside five minutes. A disastrous start. And my 2-0 prediction out the window, just like that. Um, two things on the goal one for some reason Scott Wilson announces it as a Paul Hanlon goal and I have no idea why <laughs> yeah because at the time I was like who scored that and then Scott Wilson went Paul Hanlon and I was like what's Paul Hanlon doing breaking from a corner he go up the and then it's like Hanlon is nowhere near the entire move I think, I think Scott Wilson was drinking with me and the diggers earlier that That's afternoon. The thing. It was his last derby. He was like, I'm just going to take the piss. Fuck it, who cares? I've got my German biscuit. I'm loving life. But the second point is that barring Boyce and Atkinson, nobody started from us. 
everybody was terrible. Even Atkinson wasn't great for the goal itself because Harry Clark takes quite a heavy touch and neither Atkinson, Civic or Haring close him down quick enough and it allows him to kind of fortify himself and then play the ball through to Drew Wright. Um, I never thought I'd be in a situation in my life where I was like, oh, Dre Wright's the best player on the park. But that seemed to be the situation at the weekend because we'll get to it, but he left and they just went to pot completely. And I don't know if Dre Wright is now their talisman, but fair play to him for that. But uh, I'm keeping quiet ahead of the weekend. I'm saying absolutely nothing. Apparently he's not fit. Apparently oh. he's not going to make it. But that could be mind games from Aloni, that could be anything. The Milo Beans is is their main man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's harsh. I saw some people criticising Gordon. It takes about nine deflections on its way through. There's no much you can do. Yeah, exactly. Kingsley and Muller are completely in front of him. He's totally blindsided. But I was just... I was absolutely furious. (laughs) Because it happened right in front of me, obviously. And... Sat there going, we have not started well here. And then the following kind of 10 minutes, it was all hips and they had more chances. And I was like, this is exactly what I worried was going to happen. We've went in, Billy Big Boss being like, we're fine, we're third, we're loving life. And they've got something to play for. And they're actually going to get a result here. That's that's the worry for me ahead of the weekend. Oh, damn. On that big Hamden Park, we cannot afford to get off to that same sluggish start. Because you're right, the opening... 20, 25 minutes? 35. I put it down as 35 there minutes. Because <laughs> Dre Wright went off in the 35th minute and I felt like that's when the game changed. Excellent. <laughs> so, like you say, we've played less than under an hour and been the dominant team, but it's only because Hebs actually started really well and we are still snoozing. Um, look, that being said, like we did have a couple opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um Barry McIsen's a lovely long ball over for Liam Boyce. Josh Doyle can't deal with it, but it does seem to take sort of a wee bounce and puts Boyce off. As Hits off his knee. Yeah. It's the touch really that kills it, isn't it? As, because Matt Macy's on rushing yeah. and the hips keeper's able to meet him, uh, meet him with effect and that obviously then takes away that chance. But there was another where Big Pete sent a lovely ball in search of Barry McKay. Um, is actually cut out but then Liam Boyce wins it back from Paul Hanlon on the centre circle gives it to my midfield magician doing what he does uh, full 360 turn sends a weighted ball through to Ellis Sims now this chance I, I couldn't believe it I was my stomach was churning the big man looks to be an own goal he's running past Rocky Bashiri charges towards the goal at the Roseburn end Matt Macy to beat and he looks to dink the goalkeeper but sends it just wide. And it's a golden opportunity that we spun to level things up on about the half hour. <sighs> what were you thinking at that stage? I was thinking, that's it. This is going to be one of the days where nothing comes off for us. We've started poorly and we're not getting the rub of the green in that sense. I thought overall, and we'll get to it in the second half because everybody kind of did this, I thought LSM's had a really good game overall. But... That first 35 minutes, he couldn't trap a ball, he couldn't hold it up, he couldn't take a touch in a terms of like a forward moving position. And that chance summed it up where it's like, just hit it. Now, in fairness, 
I don't know if he's thinking back to the Easter Road game where he had about three chances like that and he hit them all across the face of goal. I know it's a different goalie because it was Dabrowski and goals Easter Road instead of Macy. But, like, if he tries to chip it far post and it misses, I think that's a much more... I think people would be far more understanding of that miss because it's like, well, listen, you've tried to go the far end to, because the keeper's right in front of you and you've just missed by, a, like, a yard. But the fact he goes for a near post chip, it would have to be, like, messy levels of perfect to be able to do it. Because a big boy, Matt Macy, as well. It's not as Yeah, he's, like, 6'6 six, six or something. Like he's massive. tiny. Exactly. It would have to be perfect. And no disrespect to Ellis Sims, but he isn't Lionel Messi. He's, he's, he's Ellis Sims at heart. And I'll, I'll be honest, I think I called for him to get subbed at that point. I think wow. in the game, I was so annoyed. I was just like, get him off. Get him off. I, and I, was, I think my but brother for, was but like... for who? Who? And I was like, I don't care, we'll play with 10 men. Doesn't matter, just get him off. Wow. Then I was proven. I was delighted he stayed on the park considering what he ended up doing for us. But I was angry in that moment. Uh, look, un- understandably so, because you said about the goal right up your end. That was right up my end. So I was spewing. I could not believe it. I was literally just standing on looking, just getting ready to celebrate. And I just, I nearly dropped to my knees in disbelief. It was like, how on earth have you spurned that? Um, but I'd said that that was kind of one of our chances. This is the chance that actually falls on the half hour because oh, we feel to take another prior to half time Barry Mackay again as influential as he is takes on Rocky Bushiri down the left hand side floats one to the back stick there's Nathaniel Atkinson up from right wing back but he heads onto the beans before Toby Sibic wins us a corner and somehow between the Sims miss and Atkinson hitting the woodwork we haven't drawn level McIver also a Hibs fan just chucked another ball into the pitch as it was happening oh yeah great I love it and when these fannies do that. My Not section, fans, but. my section went fucking mental. <laughs> my area was like, arrest him, get him arrested, <laughs> find him. Who was that? Um, I'll be honest. I in that moment because the dark. A derby don't view a game in the same way you do like a run of the mill league game. I didn't no. realize Atkinson had hit the post. It had hit the bar. I thought he just missed. And like either Macy had saved it or it had deflected because I was also focusing on the other ball, so I was like, "Wait, which ball's active?" Like, because that the other ball went in, and I was like, "Wait, is that the active ball?" And have we scored? Um, but at the same time, I started to get a wee bit more confidence because, as you say, by this point it was like, "Right, we've actually now started to get a foothold in the game, and we're creating more and more chances." So whilst we've missed it. My, in my head I was like if we keep doing this we're going to create these chances and surely we'll take one of them yeah you'd like to think it was only a matter of time given Hibs didn't really trouble again um, there was the chance that they had with, with Melkerson yeah. um, but that was and, after Andy Halliday blasted over the bar um, I was getting and, it's funny that what we're going to speak about I was getting so annoyed that he just kept shooting <laughs> I was getting raging like the second one where he fires it miles over I was like Andy stop listening to the crowd you're was, Andy Halliday stop shooting yeah that that was the annoying one the speculative like in search of a wonder goal it's yeah. like come on Andy just just settle yourself down but hey listen we certainly were not criticising them on the verge of half time um, Peter Haring looks to get hearts up the park 
after receiving from Sims, who's in need of some support and halfway. The big man uses his body well, and this goal is the epitome of it for me, not just with, obviously, the assist that he claims for Halliday, but it's more so even just starting that counter, because yeah. Haring can then send Alex Cochran free down the left-hand side, the Englishman link up as he finds Ellis Sims, like I say, um, and the big man twists, turns, tussles with Paul Hanlon, bodies the Hibs skipper, sends it back to Andy Halliday up from midfield, and he sends a low drive off the post into the back of the net. One apiece, we're back on level terms, and without a doubt, the timing is the most important aspect of this goal for me. Now, you used a very key word there, into the back of the net. I don't know what... No, you're right. You're right. It goes into the bottom corner. I don't know if it was like an optical illusion or something. But see from maybe... So I'm in R. See from like... Q. Down. Uh None of us thought it was in. (laughs) Because it looked like from our perspective... It hit hit the post and then ran along the line. Oh, right. It didn't look like it went in the back of the net. And see, watching it back, and it clearly goes in the bottom corner. I was genuinely sat watching the highlights, like, what happened? How is it? That's so clearly a goal. But as a result, all the people I was with didn't celebrate because it was just like, is is it is it in? Everybody else is celebrating. It was what? absolute carnage in there. I'll tell you that. For well, me. that's the thing. You could see <laughs> it bang you. on. Yeah, like you could see how it went in the bottom corner. Oh. Once we realised. Oh, it is in! Then there was like a mini celebration, but by that point, all the players were back ready for kick-off. <laughs> so, listen, I wanted, just before it, I think I said I would have taken Civic and Halliday off at half-time. Because I thought those two especially had a really bad half. I thought everybody had a bad half, but those two especially. And then Halliday does that, and in my head I was like, well... You shouldn't take Halliday off now because he's going to be really, really confident. Just got his goal. I didn't expect him to be as confident and as good as he then turned out to be. But, as you say, the timing of it was amazing. Nielsen said that it did change his team talk. Sometimes Robbie's a bit coy about that kind of stuff where he's just like, no, we had the plan, what we're going to do and stuff like that doesn't change it. But he was like, we almost ripped it up and was like, right, fuck everything I was going to say. Just prioritise the goal. And it makes you wonder what he would have said had we not equalised. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I think like, it would have been around that. Has Robbie got a rocket to stick up their arse? Like, what's, what's going I on? I think because he did do that. I think he did do that still, regardless. Yeah, because yeah. look at how we started the second half. It was a different team that came it, out. I say it all the time. It's night and day when Hearts got off to a quick start at Tyne Castle. Yeah. It really is. Um, I'm interested with regards to kind of your first half performers because... Look, we were both big admirers of, of big Peter Haring, but I thought at times he just looked so slow and was wanting too much time on the ball. I know that he clips in a wonderful ball for the second, and that's when he's at his best. But I, I think the scepticism that we've got is just... If, if, if big Pete had some pace, he would be the complete midfielder. It goes without saying for me, because he's, he's top. He's brilliant on the ball. He just gives that protection, keeps it simple as well, doesn't try and overcomplicate things, but equally has got a long-range pass in the locker. Uh, but I, I thought he was really poor that first half. But then, come the second goal, I was saying absolutely nothing. For me, I remember saying at the time, I didn't think he was as bad as Halliday. 
but I don't think anybody played. I don't think anybody was good. There, so there I, wasn't I thought, anybody that was. Start I would say apart. I would say apart from Boyce. I thought Boyce from the first whistle to the end whistle what was like. I think more Halliday on him later of, on. Hopefully, yeah. Halliday got man of the match, and that's totally fair and justified. But I, in terms of the game as a whole, I would have given it to Boyce or Halkett because I just thought they were both fantastic. But especially Boyce, like. From the first whistle, Boyce was chasing down balls when nobody else was. He was getting into good positions even though nobody could find him. He was screaming at folk when we were playing really badly. And then especially in that second half, he was everywhere and just linking up with everybody. And again, Sims is such a big aspect of that because it takes so much pressure away from Boyce having to do everything on his own. And when we went into halftime, I was like, right, if we play like we did in the last 15 minutes, we've got some in here. If we play like we did for the first half an hour, Hibs is going to come out, have a wee bit of a recharge and hit us again. And literally, I couldn't have been more wrong in terms of which team would come out and play well. Because thankfully, it was Hart and Midlothian that did so. Like I say, Big Pete clips it in after Barry McKay's corner is headed clear by Harry Clark, only as far as Andy Halliday on the edge of the area, who finds his midfield partner, clips a curling ball into the box in a really inviting area. And up comes Stephen Kingsley. What a player. Still up from the set piece. Uh, stabs across Matt Macy into the far corner. It's a really good finish. It is. He he, he is just a wonderful, wonderful player. One of my favourites. really is. Of the past few years. like Not even just within this team. Um, yeah. And we've turned the game on its head. Rather than having that sluggish start to the first 45. Because we've made a superb start to the second and like I say, one of my favourites on the score sheet, I was absolutely delighted for Kingsley. I celebrated this one because I could see this one was in. <laughs> so <laughs> went mental with that one. Uh, it was really funny though because obviously it's so soon after the second half starts that we were sat getting the table up to see what the draw meant. So it was a corner and I was like, oh wait, hold on, we've got a corner just in case anything happens here, let's just look. And then we did Andrew's score. So we had to finish celebrating and go, right, well the table's completely null and void now because it's not updated yet that we've scored. I was going to say, your, your phone didn't fly out your hand like that young Everton fan, did it? No, no, it didn't. <laughs> no, right. and there, there was no one there to help it fly out my hand, thankfully. Um, but yeah, just... It's such a good finish considering how tight the angle is. It's such a good ball in from Harry. As you say, it's exactly what he excels at and what... Great area. I saw Hart, though, post on Twitter saying that it looks like Devlin is fit for this Saturday, so would we drop either Haring or Halliday? If they're all fit, because we don't know what's happening with Halliday. Obviously, he will get to it. He came off and was limping, as we saw. But if everybody's fit, who do you play? And I think I don't think you can drop Halliday after the game he had in general. But I think Haring's really crucial because, as you say, the worry for us on that big Hamden Park is players like Henderson, Dre Wright, Jasper running at us. But the advantage of it is that Haring's passing can be even further exemplified, that he can just ping balls about the place. So I think it's a massive advantage. And in a microcosm, he showed it there, where it's just like, a pinpoint ball. If anybody gets a touch on it, there's a chance it can go in. It's a real selection headache that Robbie's got for Saturday now. And I think yeah. 
what I also love about this goal is Liam Boyce banking on the fact that if Stephen Kingsley skews yeah. his effort for whatever reason, he's there to effectively have a tap-in. Tap um, yeah. And it's, it is amazing how even the signing of Sims, it just appears to have brought on Liam Boyce's game to another level. Um, mm-hmm. Gives him more space. There's not as much pressure with being that talisman, the main man in attack because you'd like to think that with a centre-forward coming in that the goals would distribute themselves somewhat evenly. Um, and yeah, a, a very intelligent footballer. And, you know, that it just goes to show that he's wanting it just as much as Kingsley is from that mm-hmm. ball from uh, from Big Pete, like I say. Um, look, Chris Cadden slices an effort wide. We had Barry Mackay's corner proving a real tricky one for Matt Macy to gather because Ellis Sims... All that his performance really missed was a goal. And mm-hmm. he very nearly looped one into the far post. And it just goes wide with Toby Civic kind of trying to retrieve it on the far yeah. side. And he just fails to do so. You, obviously, like I say, with your seat, you'll probably give us a better insight into this. Because even from where I was, I was thinking, is that that could well creep in there. And it I thought it was nearly, in. <laughs> I thought it was Nearly in. settles, but not quite. It's weird. Macy appears to be really confident when claiming it and then halfway through just isn't confident at all. I don't really know what happens because you can see him rise but as he rises he kind of goes I don't know if he thinks he's actually misjudged the flight of the ball and thinks oh god I'm under this or something because if he just confidently claims it I think he's got it but as a result it ends up and Sims just kind of is it the header has lofted it, so Macy's going backwards, and Civic tries his best to get on it, but just can't. But by this point, I was really shocked at how poor Hibs were, considering how. This is the thing. I think in that thirty-five minutes, there was a lot of negatives for us, but for me, the positive is that's the best this Hibs team can play. The worry is that if the if the exact same thing happens in, on Saturday, we got off to a slow start and they play exactly like that, I think they will take more of their chances that they didn't. And the worry is, well, by that point, they're out of sight. But what we should look at that as a positive is, is going, that's the best they could play, and we were still in the game and managed to overturn it. And I don't think they'll be anywhere near as bad as that second half, because if they are, it's going to be... Like a, the worst case scenario for Hibs fans times 10 because they were so bad please, in that second please half please stop you're getting me excited here <laughs> <laughs> you really are as I say I'm not saying it's going to happen I'm saying for Hibs fans they can't envision is Andy Halliday going to be the one sticking up his three fingers is this, <laughs> is this what we're going to become accustomed to um, yeah look even, even in saying that like that stat that came out 1989 was the yeah. last time that Hearts had come from behind to beat Hibs at Tynecastle. The first goal at Hamden is going to be massive, isn't it? Like I think there so... will be one for a long time. Oh my god, that is that is literally a living hell. We'll get we, to that though, we'll get we, to that. We can't start as poorly. Nah. But here's hoping that Hibs are as shit as they were second <laughs> yes. half because they yes, were exactly. genuinely awful. Yes. Um whether, whether that will be the case again come Saturday, I, I, I don't know. I certainly hope so, but I don't know. Um, and look, things were good at that point. We were 2-1 up, but they would get even better. Um, and this is where I just lost it. Absolutely sensational. Barry Mackay, 
driving from deep. How many times do I say within these goals that Barry Mackay is involved <laughs> in some way, shape or form? It's actually mad. Uh, we're going to get more on him again with our guest. Uh, but a three-year deal. I mean, that in itself ahead of the game was a massive, massive confidence boost, McIver. It's just like... For all our lifetime, and probably most people's lifetime, we're so used to players coming in and be amazing and leave when they're in their prime for nothing. And I expected, with how quickly Mackay hit the ground and how well he's done for us, I was like, You should add him to the long list. This is going to be one of those players who we have for a really short amount of time, love him, and then they go on to something. So the fact that we've got him, it's very similar to the Kingsley deal, where it's like, him and Kingsley are both in their prime, and they're going to be in their prime for the entire duration now of their contract. And the only way they'll leave is if we get offered ridiculous money. We're actually being run well, and I'm not used to this. It's weird. I, I mean, it is mad. Competent people in positions that you want what them to be. What a novelty. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I, I, and do you know what else? Like, the timing. Ahead of such a big game that is effective. That was deliberate, No, but that's what I mean. I yeah. love that. That's mm-hmm. I'm all for that. That was literally the perfect alongside kind of the ticket sales for Hamden and all this, like releasing yeah. the good news, us getting extra batches and what have you. That in itself, our our best outfield player arguably this season, mm-hmm. committing his future to the football club for an extra three years, ahead of a derby against your rivals that means so much, which is then ahead of another derby, which then means even more stupendous work from Hearts absolutely delighted with the football club for once they, it's great see when Hearts do stuff like this you really it makes you so much happier we've been doing it off it? season in fairness we've just know, been great it's, this season it's, it's fantastic I miss this man Hearts it's great to have you back um, but yeah our midfield magician was involved just back heels to Andy Halliday as he's driving from no home. you've missed a really important point Alex Cochran was amazing as well in terms of the ball looks like it's going to go out for that and Cochran just fucking steamrolls in tackles high clock traps it and then plays it across before Cadden can oh, get involved oh that's true the recovery yes. yeah I'm sorry Alex I've, I've done you a disservice there. to be fair he was exceptional th- well this is what I was going to come on to because in the early parts of the season when Alex Cochran was a staple in the team you were singing his praises just about every week and I've then he sort of been... lost his place yeah. And he's come back in, and to be fair to the and lad, like, great that's, again. That's, that was a fantastic performance given that, I don't want to say there's potential rustiness, but he hadn't really had a regular run of games given that exactly. the change of shape, he'd sort of lost his spot. I hope so much that he is the other player we've offered the deal to because there was rumours that Harry and Mackay have been offered the deal and another player has been, and I really hope that it's Cochrane because I think... There's been some games where he's not looked as good, but I think for a young guy coming in on loan, he's what we all wanted from Woodburn. I think he's dependable. Name just about any other Premier League loanee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, Joe Pereira, Paul McCallum, Connor Randall, he's Michael been, He's been the Jimmy Dunn mode yeah. of just coming in and being solid and lovely. Yeah, I love him. But hopefully he doesn't do a Jimmy Dunn and has got, you know, an offer elsewhere. True. Sorry, mate. Nah, just ruin it. It's fine. Yeah, just sorry. ruin it for him. Sorry, listeners. I know. Hey, I was being too positive. I had to get negative at <laughs> yeah, some stage. Exactly. Come on, if you've been exactly. listening to this show, you know me. Um, Definitely. But, 
Cochrane influential, Mackay influential, but not as influential as Andrew William Halliday. What a goal. Just picks his spot. It's not even like it's hit with that much venom. It's just a cool, casual finish. He just finish. walks up. No, it's it. pressure on them. Oh, beautiful. I don't know what they're doing. Like, literally, he nearly fucks it as well. His first touch isn't amazing, but no hip blade is near. Celebration as well. I didn't really pay attention oh. to the celebration because I was... Cause this I was the deny. One. It's only when I saw yeah. it like back in the house after the game. I was like, oh, no. Listen. <laughs> he really just done that. His mates, we, um, oh, his mates, his mates got hurt. I'm I understand the, why it's the, it. it's the patter. You cannot blame the patter. I literally think I was finishing the sentence of oh, a fuck's sake, don't shoot, as it hit the back of the net and went mental. Because I was like, he's going to do it again. It's not going to be a third time lucky thing. This is going to end up at the corporate bit of the Gorgie stand and we're going to be like, ah, oh, well, the game now turns on its head. But it was amazing. It's like, what a goal from start to finish. Cochrane's interception, trap, and playing it in Mackay. Mackay's just casual as you like back heel. And how is he just kind of going, oh, no one's stopping me here. I'll just pick my spot. And my first thought is, Halliday's on a hat-trick in the derby. <laughs> yeah, no. How wild it's is so... that? I was but trying to think of like, I mean. players that have scored a brace. Is Rudy at hand in the last player to score a brace in a derby? Oh, God. I can't Surely remember. Surely we've had somebody else do it. Surely, I don't. I genuinely think Rudy might be the very last Hearts player to score a brace. I'm trying to remember like the the last Championship ones because it was Nicholson and Boabin at home. Then Ozturk scored the one at Easter Road. That's one for Hearts. Why do I always do this? I always wait till we're on air and record (laughs) rather than go and ask Hearts stats or the London Hearts or whoever. What it is is the most Hibs thing ever. That they're chanting about oh. him all game, and then it's it's now the Andy Halliday derby. Yeah, yeah. In, in essence, how and often Jenka Derby has all four sides of the ground singing about one player? <laughs> Near enough, never. It yeah. was actually hilarious. Um, but look, Andy Halliday. I I think this. I was going to say this game epitomizes our season. I think it sort of does, in that mm-hmm. we've just quietly gone about our business, been pretty underrated, solid, and done remarkably well. Andy Andy Halliday, look, I I was initially for the signing in the championship, then I saw him perform in the championship, and I was thinking, thank God it's only a two-year deal, and that we've got to sit out, you know, a year max. But fair play to the guy, because he's seen Cammy Devlin and Benny Beningame come in, I probably be first choice centre mids if both fit. You've then got Peter Haring, who's also vying for a spot. Aaron McInerney vying for a spot, although he's not really had that chance in the middle of the park yet. Um, and his other position, he's got Kingsley and Cochrane. Cochrane, both exactly. So he's a utility player, really, in the two positions that we've effectively signed him for. Yeah. But it's had to bide his time. It's still chipped in with the odd goal or assist or what have you. Um... And this match was, in essence, all about him. He, d- he did the simple things really well. And that's... I, I'm all for that. I don't... I, I'm not one for overcomplicating things at times. Keep it simple. Do the basics well. And more often than not, you, you gain results from that. And, and Andy Halliday just epitomised that on Saturday for me. I, I was delighted with his performance. Pleased for him personally. Um, and it was just brilliant seeing Hibs fans sing about him 
for him to then shut them up. Superb. You can add that onto the list of many a Hearts player that has shut that mob up. Superb. You say he was being simple, but he had half a leg and was doing a Zidane roulette after he scored his second. What about that? Just to take the Love piss. Hearts milking the clips from that as well. <laughs> Quite right. Listen, it's always been very apparent who out of the two of us prefers Halliday being in the team. Um, but I, th- I think I put on Twitter, I was like, listen, I'd, I think he was very poor in the championship. I was worried about him making the step up. I don't I blame think, you because it was an underwhelming signing, really. With I think season. I said at the start of the season, he he reminded me of Christian Atsu, how he was terrible in the championship and looks like he's actually made the step up to the Premiership, which is quite weird uh, for any fellow Newcastle fans out there. But still felt that there was games where he just does nothing. As I say, I thought his performances objectively have been much better than last season, but always felt that there was a mistake in him. Like, I remember at Ross County, literally just a week prior, there was a chance where Reagan Charles Cook could have scored and it all came through Halliday just dilly-dallying on the ball. In that first half, as I say, I thought he was really poor and wanted him subbed off before his goal. But then, from the minute he scored until, sadly, when he had to come off and got a standing ovation... You can't criticise him. Like, he deserves that. I was delighted for him. I've always said that, like, I really like him as a guy. Like, I think he always comes across really well. And I like to hear him speak. I like it when the club, kind of, he's doing the media. Because I think it's no uh, surprise to me that he's going into punditry and media work. Because he's very good at that. Yeah, Yeah. he's very good at that aspect of it. And I was just so happy for him. Even even if it was to shut me up, that's what I want. I want players to... I want to be sat here going, I know nothing about football, and for players to just continually prove me wrong. I hate it that we've been, and all of the fan base have been proven right about Woodburn, where it's just the amount of chances that Woodburn has. This is before he gets a hat-trick, by the way, on Saturday, and he becomes a hero for the rest of time. Oh, I, I'm but, prepared to eat my humble pie, don't yeah, you worry about exactly. that. But, listen... The rest of the game kind of petered out because Hibbs just gave up, basically, which seems to be the main point of frustration in their fans, that from that moment, that was it. That Rocky Bashiri just started punting balls at the park every single time he got he it. He was time-wasting from about the fifth minute with injuries, man. Well, they I seemed mean, to be doing that the whole first half until we scored, and then they never got hurt again, miraculously. Which, which was fantastic, even more so given that our goal arrives in first half injury time. Yeah. Somehow only three minutes though. Oh, I could not believe that. <laughs> Literally, I, I, I think the whole section was astounded. It was just that, that collective like it three wasn't, minutes. Yeah, it wasn't a boo or it was like a eh. Like, how has that happened? But yeah, that absolute shambles. But exactly again, what we wanted. Great to shut them up. Fair play, and hopefully, Andy and his teammates can shut them up on Saturday as well. Of course, MacIver. We are going to give our thoughts now with regards to Saturday's meeting between Hart Midlothian and Hibernian. Do we have to? Hamden Park. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Why? I, I know. This is... Oh, this is just 2006, 2012, 2021, all mm-hmm. over again. Um, thoughts? <laughs> I have none. I just have none. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm trying not to think about anything to do with it. I just don't want it to happen. I'm terrified. I'm less confident that we beat them. There's a part of me 
that were, I know that the whole Pat Fenlon, Paolo Sergio thing, when Sergio was like, if if they think us winning all the time is bad for us, then they can keep on thinking that. And I do get, I, I agree with that. I would much rather be in our position than a Hibs fan's position, where we're flying, just beating them, they're bottom six, we're in Europe and stuff like that. But the law of averages exist, Adam. And we have to lose to them at Hamden at some point. Yeah, but not now. (sighs) Not now. If we win, I don't think we will ever have a better week in our heart supporting life. Wow. It's a big statement. I think this could effectively end their season. Yeah, well, it will. Because what else have they got? (laughs) That's it. We're literally ending their season and having that incentive of European football secured we get group December. stages till December yeah. like this is we will have bigger moments we'll have bigger moments right like for example winning a trophy and stuff like that perhaps oh, it going go, into goes Europe. out the window if we win the final yeah exactly but yeah. what I mean is in terms of a seven day period I don't think we'll ever have the like a league game that ends their league season and then a cup game gets us into a Scottish Cup final that gets us group stage European football which could revolutionise the club completely and consigns their season to be done potentially getting their manager sacked in the process uh, I don't know I, I still think there was a load of folk that were milking 98 for a good few months maybe uh... well that's the thing that's why I said in our lives yeah. like, yeah, we run their yeah. part of that or 2012 we were kind of too young to bevy but it was great seeing everybody get smashed I guess yeah. it that week because we beat massive. them in the week before. We beat them in the week before, but the season was kind of done. It was like the end of the season. It wasn't like the, either team I didn't play for. We were both just quite rubbish at that point. Whereas we're really good now, and that makes me less confident. Oh, this is oh, this is brittle. It's not nice. But I hate but it. yet, like, do we? We don't really have. Oh, how am I, well, you how am I just quite, about to say no. we don't have anything to lose? Because no, if you are, you're off the podcast. I'm no, getting temps as the most regular it's game. It's not that. It's, it, I was going to say that we don't have any sort of past history to make us feel like this. Like, the history's in our favour here. I know, that's what, what makes to say, it worse. But, Everything's in our favour. They don't have a striker. They've got a new manager that doesn't know how to implement a system that benefits his players. They're yet, bottom six. But yet you're still worried. That, like, yes! Because it's us. <laughs> it's us. And we will find a way to fuck this up. This is what I think. Oh, it's either going to be... We're either going to win comfortably or... I can't see a place where we get battered... I can very much see a place, though, where we lose to a shit we go and Hibs then do nothing for the rest like of the game. Saturdays. Yeah, but then we never come back from it and that's how we get beat. Because this is the thing, like, it could come down to a dodgy decision. They get a exactly. pen, tuck it away. Because that's what happened in the last semi-final. It came down to two penalty decisions. Yeah, and we were just fortunate that we took We were the right side didn't. of it, Yeah. yeah. I hate this. I hate everything about it. I just, I just, I just hate the leads up to a derby. Like derby day is great because I think it is. There, no, it's it only is. good when you win. Then it's class. Yeah. Well, saying that, I, I like, I like the build up to a derby inside the stadium. Yeah, that's then when fair. the game yeah. kicks off. 
that it's the worst 90 minutes of your life. Till you score. And then it's bedlam. <sighs> the range of emotions is mad. The range of thinking's mad. There's going to be a big TIFO. I'm going to be right at the centre of it, under it. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that because... I'm not gonna lie, we've slagged off a fair few Hibs teams. I know, so I know, I'm so be, scared. Ours better be top tier. I think it will be because I think that this is my story, boys. Did a cracking job with the Zalukas flag, and hopefully they've got something serious up their sleeve for yeah that Tifo ahead of welcoming the boys out the tunnel. That, that'll be fantastic. The atmosphere will be electric, mate. It's going to be great. But Tell again, it even, kicks that, off. even that though, even that, like we've sold more tickets, we'll have more fans. So there's the added thing of like, look, hearts are loving life. It's going to be amazing. They're flying in the league. They've brought all the fans, and it's like, oh. you, there's not, but there's not an arrogance or kind of. No, I mean from the outsider's perspective, every neutral will say hearts have got this no problem, and that panics me. No, I I hear that, but I just mean within the camp because that's that's what I'm concerned about. The eleven that'll take to the field, there can't be a complacency. There can't be, you know, believing our own hype. Let's like we've built this up to such high heaven that we have to go out and do the job and claim the win. I agree, right? That is a worry I have as well. And I think previous squads, we have literally... See, see that relegation squad? There was so yeah. many examples of like us getting one of our four wins, but all the wins that we got were against big teams. And I think there was an attitude of, oh, look, we can beat big teams. And then Hamilton would arrive, Motherwell would arrive, Livingston would arrive, and we'd get beat off them because it was that, oh, well, we'll easily walk past this lot. I think this squad... We'll go like you saw it after the game. Robbie said ten percent of the job's done. I like that. I did like that, and and I also liked him sticking up for for Halliday as well in his in his mm-hmm. post match. But equally, sort of keeping his feet on the ground because yeah. it, it, like nothing's nothing's assured with regards to selection. Really, I think particularly in the midfield area. Um, oh, this is just this is grim, isn't it? Right, we can't just, this, this can't just grim. be the end of the podcast. No, know, right, what's your team? Well, that's what I was going to come on to because I've, I've talked about midfield. I I don't know whether going unchanged is too risky or not. I would go unchanged. I'd sort of be inclined, but then I think on that big park, does Barry Mackay thrive more in a wide area with somebody else with oh, pace I'm... on on the other flank? I would go unchanged, but I, I would know. change formation. You're going to say to push Atkinson up and have yes, I am. Right get him, get him, get him right wing, because I he's rubbish defensively, but he's really good going forward. Oh, I was literally thinking as we were mouthing off before getting temps on. I wonder if McIver would be inclined to throw Atkinson <laughs> up at the right wing and go back to a four-two-three. And yes, I knew this. Yes, that's what you'd go. So you'd just go. Gordon and goal, just to give form for all the listeners. Sibic, Halkett, Kingsley, Cochrane back four. Halliday and Haring sitting with Atkinson on the right, Mackay on the left, and Boy supporting Sims in attack. Yes, I would. I would also... I'd be... I wouldn't hate the same formation as well, because it clearly did work eventually. But... And Cochrane, Cochrane could get up there and support. I don't see why not. Mackay yeah. sort of floating around that area. I mean, we yeah. saw him score an absolute belter for Rangers against Celtic, sort of in and around the D. Yeah. I think as long as... The, I think I would put that same team out 
because I think whatever formation you play in, they deserve to. I don't think anyone deserves to get dropped after the weekend. You'd like to think they were flexible enough to alter the shape in and out of possession. I can imagine that a lot of this week, training-wise, and I don't know, I'd, I'd be merely speculating here, but I'd imagine that a lot of it will come down to shape both in and out of possession. And I don't know whether we go three at the back out of possession and make it a five, really, whether we are a three in possession, but we're sort of allowing the wing-backs to push on, whether we're just a flat four out of or in, I I don't know. But I'd love to know sort of all the mind games and tactics that goes into these matches previously. Cause it what was the thing, be... like, in the 2012 game, like, there was something about Spike, like, Gary Locke found out about something, like, or he told somebody at Hibs something, it was like, oh, so-and-so's got to play, and they didn't, or they found out that... I reckon that was Agent Billy Brown, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Because he was <laughs> Pat Fellas' assistant. Put that, that, must, put I that don't, out there. I, look, I, I've already said I'm not making, you know, allegations with regards to the Dundee Derby. I'm certainly not making allegations to that 2012 final, but... Billy, if you're watching, you're a hero. <laughs> right, score predictions. I said 2-0 at the weekend and we won, so I'm going to say 2-0 again and hope that we win again. See, I don't, can't, don't care the scoreline. I can't say what I said at the weekend because I said a draw and that's the one impossibility within it. However, don't you dare. La- this time last time, oh, no. when we played in the semi-final... I said we'd get beat 2-1 in extra time. And what happened was we won 2-1 in extra time. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 loss in extra time again and hopefully Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I want it settled in 90. I couldn't take two. Oh, I, can't, I could not handle extra time at all. No It would be a nightmare for us. Or beyond be that, I would be shitting my pants. We can't have a repeat of Celtic, the no. final where we go to pens. I can't handle that at all. No. I'm that's going. Not, that's not good for our tickers. Every single time on this podcast documented, I've said we wouldn't beat Hibs, we've beaten them. So I'm going to stick with the fact nice. that we're not going to beat Hibs. And nice. that's where. We're just we're hoping that history repeats itself with regards yes. to these predictions. So 2 0. So, yes, we will see what happens this coming Saturday. Yeah, as we said right at the very start, we are sorry that we promised David Temple in and he hasn't come on this week. But as we say, just accentuating circumstances that none of us can control. Life happens sometimes, but we will get him on in the future. There is no doubt about that and we very much look forward to doing so. So, thank you very much for listening to just us two. You're probably disappointed thinking, oh, the podcast is going to be at a higher level than normal. Nope. What fools you guys are, but Sorry. you're hopefully still here. And if you are, please do give us a follow on all our social medias at Perth to Paisley. You can also get us on the email, perthtopaisley at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed the show without David Temple in, that's amazing. I'm very well impressed. However, we've actually, no, let's have some confidence. We've been doing this now for 83 episodes. Surely some folk have stuck around for some point. Uh, yeah. To be fair, we dangled the carrot somewhat with David Templeton, but. The real stars are us. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's give ourselves a wee pat on the back, mate. Yeah. Exactly. So 
Yeah, I'd like to think that over the 80 plus episodes <laughs> we have semi improved at this malarkey, but you never know. Hopefully. But if you think we have improved, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Massively helps algorithms, and we've seen a real uptick in them, particularly on Apple Music and Spotify. So we really do appreciate that. Likewise, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and comment. We've also seen a massive uptick in them. Adam, where can they get you on all the socials? And get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I'm at dmckiver 22 We'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from Hamden and the Scottish Cup semi-final and any other news that comes up. Hopefully it's a good one. It'll definitely be an interesting one, whatever happens. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on now!